Um, I'll let you know about a couple things going on. Um, uh, last week we prayed for Alexis. Um, actually, I think we only did that in the second service because I found out maybe between. I can't remember. Um, but um, I got an update. Uh, she had surgery. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Alexis is one of the young ladies in our church who has a brain tumor. <clears throat> She's been living with this tumor for, for years now, many years. And um, anyway, it has caused, as it has grown, it has caused um, her to lose part of her eyesight, different things like that. But uh, um, anyway, she, uh, she has soldiered on in an amazing way, and her family are amazing people. And uh, anyway, they, they went to the Mayo Clinic on Friday uh, and had surgery on Friday. Uh, went up this week and had surgery on Friday, and then um, uh, she updated me this morning uh, with the surgery. And uh, I, I just wanted—I wanted to update you guys, and then I wanted us to pray together if we could. Um, she sent me this this morning. She said, "Good morning. Update on Alexis' surgery <clears throat> went good, and we are fighting pain and nausea. Uh, when she finally gets relief from pain, then she gets sick from the pain meds." It's a fight to find the best regiment, knowing we are facing a flight home, and I don't want her miserable. Uh, they haven't given us a discharge date yet. She misses home for sure. Just want to ask for prayers that we could find her some relief. Uh, I also went on to ask, you know, how did the did they say that the surgery went well? And she just said it's hard to tell. It uh, uh, it's hard to tell. He said it could take up to six months to regenerate and start working. Uh, God willing, it will be faster uh, so she can feel better. <clears throat> that may be more than she wanted me to share, but I'm sharing it because I feel like that helps their family for all of us to be in the know instead of they get uh, the one million questions and whatnot all the time uh, and for us to know how to pray. And uh, that's, the, that's the bigger thing right now. So uh, why, don't we, why don't we take a moment together and let's, let's pray for Alexis, pray, pray for Tammy and their family, okay? God, we thank you so much that we can come right now and that we can ask, uh, Lord, for comfort for all of these families that are going through so many things right now. God, I just pray uh, for peace, uh, peace in the middle of storms. Lord, for all of these families, Lord, we pray for that for the London family right now. Lord, we lift Alexis up to you. We lift up the surgery that was done. God, I pray, uh, Lord, that this would uh, not only bring relief, Lord, but it would, it would bring back uh, even just parts of her life, that she could live and, and function more normally uh, as she has in the past. God, just have your hand on this whole thing. But God, I do pray, <clears throat> Lord, for you to guide Tammy and Chris and as they make decisions uh, for her and what to do and uh, even just uh, bringing her home and that kind of thing. God, I pray, I do pray for some relief. Uh, and God, we ask that you would just move, Lord, continue to move in their lives and, and be light through them and uh, all the people that you put around them, God, I know that they see you through them, God, through Alexis. God, we pray that you would continue to do that and use them for your glory. Uh, God, may we be the church family that they need us to be to care for them, love them. Uh, God, just be with them and all the things that they're going through right now. God, we ask that uh, your hand would move in a great and mighty way, Lord, for your glory. God, that we might see what you have done, uh, God, and tell of it. Lord, we ask all this today in your son's name. Amen. <clears throat> um, before, uh, thank you. Uh, before we jump into this, uh, just a, a friendly reminder that next week is the ugliest Christmas sweater Sunday that you've ever seen in your life. Sunday. Okay, this is beautiful Christmas sweater Sunday today. So 
Uh, make no mistake, okay? Uh, <laughs> oh man, it's uh, it's it's good to good to be able to have fun and good to be able to laugh and and to be honest with you, that's one of the most healing things I've found uh, in uh, moments of uh, sorrow and all these other things. We've done a whole bunch of that this week uh, amongst friends and family who have lost loved ones and things. And I'm so grateful that the Lord allows us to do that and. Uh, uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Well, let's let's jump into this. Uh, we uh, uh, love's pure light uh, continues on as the Christmas story continues on, and we're reminded of of uh, why we gather and and uh, even gather, especially in this season. Uh, if uh, you've got a Bible and you want to get it out, we're going to the Book of Luke, and uh, if you don't have a Bible, our ushers will bring you one. And they'll be glad to give you one. You can keep that one and consider it a gift. If you don't own one, we'd be glad for you to take it with you and uh, whatever. You can take it to McKay's and trade it in for, I don't know, they might give you a quarter or something. I don't know what they give for Bibles these days, but, uh, you know, no, we'd love for you to have it. But if you need one for your truck or, you know, whatever, just take it. We, we want you to have, we want you to have God's word. Uh, but Luke chapter one today, um, and <clears throat> it's a little bit different uh, take. It's funny, Funny thing, uh, I went back and and like looked at and I, don't, I won't say studied through, but kind of studied through every series that we have on file that we have ever done for the for Christmas. Which uh, this makes the seventeenth uh, one as we are finishing the seventeenth year. The first of January will be eighteen years uh, for Twenty Four Church, which is nuts. Uh, and I'm not that old. Um, plus, I was a baby when we started it, so that helps too. But uh, I really, really kind of was a baby. It's like it's like stupid looking back on the fact that we we started church and I was like 27 years old. I'm like, what the heck? Uh, why did anybody even show up? Uh, but anyway, here we are, and uh, we've made it through. But uh, yeah, the um, the the funny thing, you know, looking back through all of those series, and there's actually a, I've got a couple that are just like I don't know MIA. I don't know where they went to, but they just dropped off the map. Uh, but uh, but for the most part, I've got we've got even on the website you can go back and listen to uh, most of the Christmas series all the way back through uh, 2005. And uh, anyway, I, I I just I've never done that. I've never like gone back and gone okay what what did we do every year? And so like I listed them out and kind of uh, gave the you know the main points of everything and and was just looking them over and they're very different. They're they're all very different, which is kind of amazing, and I guess kind of goes to the uh, the whole like uh, you know I hate I hate preaching the same thing twice. Uh, I'm I'm terrible at like stealing somebody else's message because I just I just I can't do it. I, can't, I botch it. It's just not mine or whatever. I don't know. Uh, but but even my own like I just to redo one is is hard. Uh, some Sundays it's hard for me just to even preach the same thing twice between two services. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, and we've got a handful of people that even are like, well, I like going to both services. I get a little something different from each one. I'm like, well, great. That's comforting. Uh, but, uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> I, I made this list and I've got it in my notes and was looking at it and, and then, you know, was thinking through, you know, what are we doing here? And, and, uh, you know, we, we came around, uh, this theme and, you know, I, I just, I just really began kind of praying and, and asking God to show me what does it mean that he is our pure light. What, is, what does that mean? What is that for? And, 
And, and you know, uh, last week we talked about the, the, the light of life, you know, that Jesus came to be the light of life. And you'll have to go back and listen to that uh, if you want to know, because I'm not going to tell you. Um, but the, um, the, the message that we're doing today is a message that um, stems from a continued understanding that Jesus came to be the light of the world, but that he came with purpose to be the light of the world. Um, and so today we're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the darkness, uh, and um, and we may even talk about our own personal darkness sometimes, and that kind of thing too. And hopefully it's uh, hopefully it's helpful and glorifies him. Uh, but we love we love 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 the innocent story of you know, Jesus in a manger, you know, little baby Jesus and all of this. And, uh, and we should, you know, it's so peaceful. It's so amazing. Uh, it kind of goes against the grain of everything uh, that, uh, you know, everybody, you know, all these people that were expecting Jesus to come and what that was going to look like. And, you know, they thought he was going to be some, you know, king with a crown and a robe and a chariot and, all these things, and, and the current kings at the time were sweating bullets over it, literally killing babies over it, trying to make sure that, you know, this king never got, you know, to, you know, upend him, you know, on his throne and all that kind of stuff. They're so worried and so political and uh, all that stuff that drives me nuts and uh, drives me nuts in this climate too, just to be honest with you. But uh, I know it's part of the world and it is what it is, but here we see this humble king born and, and came to be a servant. And in part of this, this is, I think, the interesting story, and we mentioned this last week, that we have this understanding that, that at the same time that God was preparing for his son to come, that Jesus would come, that at the same time he was preparing another baby to come, and that that baby would be related to Jesus, a cousin to Jesus, and he would, his name would be John the Baptist, and that we would have him, and, and that, his, that his whole deal would be that he would come to tell everyone of Jesus' coming, which is pretty interesting. Basically, he's kind of like a hype man. He's kind of like Jesus' flavor flave. I hate to say that, but you know, what I'm, you know what I'm getting at here, okay? And so, but I mean, like, literally, like, his, his whole thing was just, like, to proclaim and let everybody know Jesus is coming excuse me, the Messiah's coming, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, and, and so this is like a whole, like, you know, working up to Jesus being here and doing what he's going to be doing and all this stuff. And in the midst of that, we have, we have all this stuff that happens in the lives of Jesus' Jesus's family and John the Baptist's family. And I think sometimes we kind of overlook John the Baptist and, and what's going on with his family and like, you know, John the Baptist is leaping in the womb, and I mean, just all kinds of craziness, you know, going on. And there are visions given, you know, to the parents on, on, in both families and all this stuff. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's kind of crazy. And in, and in Luke chapter 1, one of the things that we see is we see that John the Baptist's dad, Zachariah, has a, a dream. He has, a, he has, a, he has basically he's given like a prophecy for him to then in turn share uh, with others, and I want to read parts of that. You know, there's it's it's pretty lengthy. But I want to read parts of it real quick to you, and it says this in Luke one verse sixty seven, and then we're going to jump down to verse seventy six. It says, verse sixty seven, it says, and his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, 
and then it gives quite a bit there, and then we're kind of jumping. Go back and check it out for yourself. And in verse 76, I want to jump down. It says, it says, and you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. Let's talk about John the Baptist. So it, this, is a, this is a telling of who John the Baptist is going to be, that he's going to be this prophet, you know, basically telling of the Most High, you know, that he's going to be, you know, going before and letting people know about Jesus. But it also gives some things there, verse 77, that uh, we see, you know, part of, you know, why Jesus is to come. And it says, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins. I love how, I love how that is worded to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. You know, God, God doesn't play a lot of games. He's not, he's not a big gamer, okay? You know, God, God's like fairly like to the point with his word. And even in sending Christ, it was really just to like really like streamline, you know, a whole lot of the gospel for us to just like, we don't, we don't have to wonder like, you know, what we're supposed to, you know, what our lives are supposed to look like. Scripture is, scripture is pretty clear. Now, the question is, is whether people want to follow Scripture or not. And, and that, you know, that gets a little tricky, you know, uh, with folks. You know, what, what does this mean? What does that mean kind of thing? But for the most part, you know, by and large, we have an understanding that, you know, that there is a need for us to be saved from our sin and what our sin is. Scripture is pretty clear. Uh, about both of those things. And I'm so grateful for that because to not have the knowledge of salvation and like to go through life like this is some kind of like scavenger hunt for salvation. Like, oh, we, we think we need something and we got we to gotta go find it. Like, where's Waldo? You know, I, you know that seems, eh, no thanks. God sends Jesus to give the knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. And then it says, because of the tender mercy of our God. Because of the tender mercy of our God. That, that is God the Father who loves us and cares for us. And it says, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who set in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. One of the things for us to understand, it's a very basic understanding, we, we see this in the book of Romans, that, uh, that we, we talk about this a lot. In fact, you know, I'm sure I've, I've had people in the past, it's been a long time I've heard anybody say this, but I've had people in the past say, you know, you guys talk about sin a lot. You know, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, we do. You know, I think that's, an important piece of the puzzle uh, is that, number one, we're able to identify it, you know, and see it in our lives, um, and then be able to turn from it 
right? And then be able to, to give that to the Lord because, you know, Jesus, Jesus died on the cross, not so, not so that we just have a party every Sunday, uh, but so that we could have a party in his name free from, his, free from sin, that we could walk away from it, that we could be healed of it, you know? And this is, this is an important piece of the puzzle for us today. And, and as we're thinking about this and looking at this, I think one of the things for us to see is to understand that we, before Christ, are in the darkness. We are in the dark. It was this, like, verse 29 there, uh, 79 there. It says, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. And, you know, I don't know if you, about you, but when I first read that, I'm like, man, that's some pretty heavy stuff, you know? Uh, pretty heavy stuff that also comes with a way out. And, in fact, not only do we get the way out, but we get the why we get the way out, verse 78, because of the tender mercy of our God. And how amazing is that, that he cares for us and he loves us so much that he not only makes a way, but he, he, he makes a way and he makes it clear to us what that way looks like and that it is through Jesus and in the work of Christ and not our own work, not us being great people or good church attenders or whatever it is, but that in us following the Lord and turning from our sin and turning to him and, and letting him be the Lord of our life, believing the work of Jesus, an empty cross, an empty tomb, all those things, that God did that stuff for us that we might have forgiveness of our sin. Jesus came to give light to those in the darkness and to guide us, to forgive us, and to rescue us. To rescue us. Another passage that I want to share we're hitting several today. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, if you want to go there. And in Ephesians chapter 5, we have this uh, beautiful passage of being reminded of, of you know, what, even more of what this looks like and what God has done through Christ. And Paul's writing this, of course, to the church at Ephesus. But, uh, you know, we have this as, as his word, and I'm so grateful for it. And it says in verse 6, it says, let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Okay, let's stop right there, because that, that, there's a lot of heavy right there. You know, <laughs> let no one deceive you with empty words, because of these things that the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Well, I, I read that, and I'm like, all right, well, I, I, I don't want the wrath of God to come on me. So I, I don't want to be a son of disobedience, right? I don't, I don't, I don't need that in my life. Like I'm, I try to be drama free. You know, I was leaving the house this morning. One of the kids was like, I want to go with you. And mom was like, did you brush your teeth yet? No, you can't go. Ah! You know, like as I was shutting the door, I was like, no drama. Shut the door. That means be quiet for your mother, right? I don't, I don't want to fall into the sons of disobedience here, right? And, uh, and, and so this, this, this gets, I think this gets played out here if we keep reading. In verse 7 it says, Therefore, do not become partners with them. Who is them? For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. 
Now, this is talking about for those who have believed in Jesus, trusted him to be their savior, okay? That's, that's who this is. Now, before, I'll just go with me, my life, okay? Before I knew Jesus as my savior, I'm not talking about I just knew, knew about Jesus, okay? There's, there's two different things. There's knowing of Jesus and there is knowing Jesus, okay? It's like being friends with somebody that like you always thought, you know, like, I'd like to be friends with them. And then one day you got to be friends with them and it was like, oh man, I've always wanted to be friends with you. You don't say that because it looks weird, right? <laughs> and, and people were creeped out and they're like, oh really? Okay. I saw movies about that. It was nice to meet you. Um, but no, you know, it's, it's, it's understanding that we could have a relationship with Jesus, and this is where the rubber hits the road, is whether or not we have a relationship with Jesus. This isn't about being good Southern religious people. Good Southern religious people sends people to hell, okay? I'm just telling you. The relationship with Jesus thing is everything for us. <laughs> I've, had people, I've heard people say, well, you guys talk about Jesus a whole lot. I sure hope we do, <laughs> because we got nothing else, Okay? I got jokes, and they ain't going to last that long. <laughs> we, we have to be about Christ. It has to be about Jesus. And, and, and what Paul is getting at here is he's helping us to understand that we, before we were believers in Christ, that we were saved through the blood of Jesus, bought and, and given life and death through the, through the empty tomb, okay, that Jesus conquered death with, that through all of that, we have become sons and daughters, okay? We've become children of light. And he says, walk as children of light. In other words, you go back to the sons of disobedience. God comes upon, uh, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. It, Paul's just basically saying, look, don't get caught up with the people in this world and their things. This is really tough. This is, this is tough to navigate, Okay. I think we make it tougher than it is most of the time, but the truth is, is that I say it's tough. It's tough because we're drawn to things in this world, and sometimes we're drawn to people in this world, and it's okay, obviously. To, to, we want to love everybody. We want to care for everybody. We want to minister to everybody, but at the same time, Paul's like, but make no mistake. Don't fall into their ways. Don't become sons of disobedience he says, therefore, do not become partners with them, for at one time you were in darkness, and now you are light in the Lord, which piggybacks on what we talked about last week in that Jesus came to bring the light of life. We have been given life through the light that came in Jesus coming, and Jesus came into the darkness to rescue us. He says, walk as children of light, and then verse 9, it goes on and says, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. So then we start getting, we start getting like, here's what it looks like for us to be the children of light. Here's some things we can do. Try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Verse 11, he goes on. Take no part in unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. He's like, don't get caught up in the, in the sin junk of this world, Right? but instead expose them. Verse 12, for it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. Verse 13, but when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. Now this, you know, that, that statement alone, you're kind of like, 
oh, wow, thanks for, you know, that, you know, I, like I didn't know something's exposed by the light, it's visible, you know, or not. You know, <clears throat> I get it, but we struggle with this. We struggle with this because throughout Scripture, we're called not only to be light, but to walk in the light and to drag our junk into the light, to confess our struggles, to confess our sin to one another, right? When was the last time that you confessed sin to someone and asked for them to pray for you, care for you? We need that. We need that, and that's part of what we're called to do as the body, and that's part of why we can't do this alone. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. You know, the funny thing about sin, and especially the little sins that we like to hang on to, is we like to tell ourselves that it's not really hurting anything, and it's not really hurting anybody, all, all lies, by the way. It's hurting us. And that is the number one reason why the Lord doesn't want that in our lives, whatever that is is because he cares about us and he loves us. It's not some cat and mouse game with him. He cares for us. He loves us. He wants us to be fulfilled in him. And he sees us trying to fulfill ourselves in the world instead, right? But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says... Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And that was me before I knew Christ, and God one day just woke me up. I grew up in church. You guys have heard the stories if you've been around here for any length of time. I grew up in church. My dad's a pastor. You know, I learned to pick locks at the church. You know, they didn't hire any babysitters. I'd go on the, you know... Sunday school classes I wasn't supposed to be in, eat the, eat the little kids' food and stuff, you know. Got in trouble a few times for that. Look, being in a church doesn't make you a Christian any more than standing in a garage makes you a car. The truth is, is we need to know Jesus as our Savior to have believed in him and the work that he's done and allow him to change our lives. He came into the darkness as light to make visible our need for him and to be saved and to rid ourselves of our sin. Verse 15, it goes on, says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. That is so hard. I don't know about you, but I feel like that is so hard. Make the best use of our time? Lordy, what time? You know, that's, what, that's the way I feel. Like. And I know we all probably feel the same way. And the truth is we know we're, we as a people are too busy. But make the best use of our time because the days are evil. Verse 17, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will is. Of the Lord is. Do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I think that's, that's a great word for us today. What is the will of the Lord in your life today? 
What is God trying to do for you today? Well, if we, if we just look through a scripture and we keep you know, hammering on this same thing and we're looking, you know, and this is what I like to do when I'm studying something, is I like to try to just find everything I can find in scripture that pertains to what I'm studying on. Not That's easier said than done sometimes, but man, there's so much stuff that helps you now do that if you really want to dive in. And we've got uh, tons of help stuff and, and a lot of free resources even uh, that are online stuff. And you got, of course, you got to know what to trust and what's crazy and all that. But, um, you know, it, it, there's so much there. Um, you remember, remember when we were kids and we would get, you know, it's like the end of the day or, you know, whatever. And we've been, you know, been playing. Maybe you had a friend over, you and your siblings or something. I didn't have any siblings, so I don't know, whatever. I mean, a dog, you know, but, uh, you know, you'd be outside playing, and uh, I, I can remember this. I remember uh, being outside and practicing baseball stuff, you know, and I, I remember when I was, like, knee-deep into baseball stuff, I'd just run all the time and uh, would field all the time, and when my dad would get home, try to get him to hit balls to me all the time, um, you know, and all this kind of stuff, and, you know, enjoyed that. But then, uh, then you know, the door would open, you know, and then there'd be some yelling, you know. It was like, you know, time to come in. It's dinner time. It's time for supper. You know, whatever. You can argue with Doc whether it's dinner or supper. He actually has like a reasoning why it's one and not the other. But anyway, uh, fun fun fact. Uh, but yeah, and, and yeah, we would, you know, we get called in, right? And uh, this passage in Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. I want to read this to you. It says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of his name, of him, I'm sorry, the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Jesus came that he might call out to us only it's not for supper. He calls out to us that we might come out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. Maybe this is new to you. Maybe, maybe you just thought that Christianity was just going to church and being good people, okay? There's probably a lot of reason for you to believe that because we live in a culture that really like pushes that, okay? But the good people thing should actually be a byproduct of the marvelous light that Jesus came to call us into, that we would be changed because we were called, right? And that in, that in going into the marvelous light, remember what the light does? That we, oh, yeah, we know what the light does, you know? It shows things. It exposes all the things, right? And we're like, well, I don't want all my stuff exposed. Well... Truth is, we need it all exposed. We need to deal with it, and we need to let the blood of Jesus be enough, and it is enough, to overcome it and forgive us from it that we, could, might, we might could move on from it and no longer be chained to it and be a slave to it. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We're called to proclaim the excellencies of him. Our being light is us glorifying God. This is the purpose of our life. 
We were created to make him known that others that need him would know who he is and would know their need for him. That's our purpose. Want to know the purpose of your life? That's it. Make Jesus known. And everything you do that people would know who he is because they know about us. He's called for us into the light that we might in turn be light into this world. Crazy. Just crazy. Then Colossians 1. I could not share this. Colossians 1. Verse 13. says, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He's rescued us. We've been delivered. Now, once, once you've been delivered from the darkness, folks, then you can live. Then you can live. Then your life has purpose. Then your life has peace. Then we can find true joy. Not joy that's just like, you know, gone, you know, one minute because something bad happened or whatever. It's different. We can live as children of light, sons and daughters to the king. Remember, you had like, always had like a kid growing up with that you were like, you know, they were always like, well, you know, my dad's the, you know, he's the greatest and he's like the, you know, whatever, the king of town or, you know, something, I don't know. Uh, I, used to, I used to do this with my dad and, and kids at church. would be like, my dad owns the church. What up? I do what I want around here. Check out me eating these Nilla wafers out of the nursery. All true, all true, and and uh, but you know that's dumb and it's stupid, whatever. But uh, but you know there was a certain like you know arrogance that comes with that, and I don't think God's calling us to be arrogant. But when we belong to the King, and we know the way this ends, that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord of all. We don't, we don't have to, we, that's what I mean by we can truly live. Like the things that happen to us in this world are like momentary and fleeting. And there's no need for us to go back to the darkness, which is what Paul's pleading with those people in Ephesus about. He's like, don't go back there. He's like, you're missing it. The good is here. We get to live as children of light. That little baby Jesus came for a reason. He came to die. Jesus came to die. That baby was born to die. What's it mean to me? It's this reminder for me that I needed him to rescue me from the darkness. And some days I need him to remind me that he rescued me from the darkness that I might not go back to it, fall into it, or in my head get there in it. I need him to lead me in the light. And we're going to talk about that next week specifically. 
But I need him to lead me in the light. I, I feel like it's appropriate in, at this point to just bring up that I realize that we as believers sometimes struggle with the darkness. I realize that sometimes we struggle with things like depression. I have been there. I have struggled with that in my life. I, I, I want us to be reminded as people of some things. And, I, and I, I've got that here, and I hope it's okay to share this with you. And it's not the end-all list. It's just some things that I felt like the Lord put on my heart as I was studying and praying over these passages um, and even throw a, throw a resource your way as well. Uh, number one, know that you are not alone. You are not alone. And this is part of the why it is so important for us to be connected to the body of Christ. We can't be alone. We're not called to do this alone. Furthermore, reach out, seek help. Reach out, seek help. I know that's hard. At least let others know around you that you need help. Yes, that is the same thing as reach out and seek help. But it is framed in a different way so that we can trick ourselves into doing it anyway. Because we still need others. Surround yourself with people that love you and love Jesus. Surround yourself with people that love you and love Jesus. People that love you and love Jesus, they don't have a dog in the hunt for you to be miserable. People that are miserable and not following Jesus, they might even be believers, but they're not following Jesus. You know what? Misery, misery loves company. And they're like, oh, some more miserable people. Oh, come with me. Let's go for a ride. You know, I've been looking for somebody to have at my misery party. Cease to find that the answer is only within yourself. Stop buying the junk that it's all inside and you can just do it on your own. Throw yourself at Jesus. Throw yourself at Jesus. Seek him and know him. May he be your very best friend. He is the one that is going to bring you through it. Remember the power of God in your life is as real as anything that we see him do in scripture. See the truth for the truth and the lie for the lies. I had lunch Friday with a pastor friend of mine that I haven't seen in a long time and we got to catch up and love on one another and that kind of thing over Thai food, which is fantastic. And uh, he asked me, he remembered a point in my life when I was really struggling with depression. And he asked me, he said, talk to me about that time. And I was like, oh, okay, we're going there. I was like, just trying to have some shrimp and chicken here, man. Uh, four star, by the way. Um, yeah, don't be afraid. And, uh, and so we're sitting there and I said, I said, you know, I said, here's the funny, here's the thing that, that I figured out especially fighting through that time period of my life when I finally, I don't know if I say came to the end of it because depression will sneak up on you at times and, it's, and sometimes it's completely not understandable. And so part of the seeking help, by the way, is sometimes we need to seek, seek medical help. Sometimes there is an imbalance or something and I'm totally down with, you know, see a doctor, let them help you, all those kinds of things. And for me, the thing that I really came to understand for that moment of my life was that I was believing lies. That's what put me in such a bad place. 
was I was believing lies. And I had allowed lies to take the place in my life of truth. And it is that dangerous of a thing that it can bring us to our knees and make us think the worst things that we could possibly ever think of. And he said, how did you get out of it? And I said, looking back on it, number one was understanding that I was buying lies. But number two, I just said, and and I mean this with all my heart. I just looked at him and I said, the gospel. The gospel is what got me out of it. Realizing that my hope isn't in me, my hope is in Jesus. See the truth for the truth and the lies for the lies. Know that you can have joy even in the hard times because of Jesus, if you have Jesus. Furthermore, that means you need to know Jesus, not just go to church and listen to podcasts. Know Jesus. I'll throw this resource at you. Maybe it's helpful. It's a book by John Piper called When I Don't Desire God, How to Fight for Joy. Proverbs 4.18 says this. It says, but the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. Verse 19, the way of the wicked is deep, like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. You know what the good news is? For me, I believed in him. And he rescued me from the dark. I seek him and he comforts me and reminds me I don't belong to the dark anymore. I am not a slave to it. I can turn from it and I can tell it to go away because of who Jesus is and what he's done in my life. Jesus came into the darkness, came at night, and we sing it like this. We sing a thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. The yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. A new and glorious morn. That's what God wants to give you. A new and glorious morn. He conquered it all for us. He conquered it all for us. Why? Because of the tender mercy of our God. He was born at night in the dark. And a new morning came, the brightest morning that the world had ever seen. I can't even imagine. And if you're here today and you're saying, Chris, I, I want out, want out of the darkness. Number one, believe in Jesus. Receive him as your savior. I would love to pray with you about what that means in the foyer. I'll be there as soon as I step off the stage. Believe in Jesus. Receive him as your savior. Know him. Believe, trust, focus on Christ and his goodness, his life, his giving light, and never believe the lie 
but believe the truth that we've been rescued from the dark. Let's pray. God, you are so gracious to us. So gracious to us. So kind to us. Thank you, Lord, for your tender mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. Thank you. Thank you for a plan of rescue that existed from the very beginning. Lord, thank you for the reminder, Lord, of who you are and what you've done through your son, Jesus. God, I pray that today for anyone that has never received you as their Savior, God, I pray that you would change their life today. God, help them today to turn from anything in their life, Lord, that is of the darkness, Lord, and just follow you wholeheartedly. Just give it all to you. God, I just pray that you would do that work in them today. God, that they would trust and believe today. God, for those of us that are believers, Lord, and as we struggle to maneuver this world, God, may we be reminded of the words of Paul, Lord. May we walk in the light. May we look for your things. May we look for your will. May we look for your plan. May we be your light in this world, giving you glory in all the things. God, use us. Thank you for coming into the dark and calling us into the light. God, be glorified in us. We ask this today in your son's name. Amen.